Would you like to stay for dinner? Would you like to stay forever? Hello, everyone, and welcome to One True Pairing, aka OTP. I'm Erica. I'm Marissa. Today we're talking about fairy tales in honor of the season finale of Once Upon a Time, which is airing May 18th. I have to admit, I've never watched the show. It's amazing. Everyone go out and watch it. But because that's happening, we decided that we really wanted to talk about classic fairy tales and in particular two specific Disney princesses and how they really relate to how we look at love and couples today. Because we all grew up with these couples and... They actually, when you think about it, they really inform what you look at in regards to a loving partnership. Definitely. So, and later in the episode, we have an interview with authors Laurelyn Page and Katie McGee. It was super fun to record, and we can't wait for you guys to hear it. I spent all day today getting ready for this, listening to I'll Make a Man Out of You, and just getting so pumped. My muscles are huge right now. You can't see me. (laughs) So good. So good. So, let's get into it. Are you ready to learn about Cinderella? I'm super I learned, ready. I learned so much about Cinderella getting ready for this. I small anecdote, I was on the treadmill reading some notes that our our producer sent me and I had to slow it down because it is a fascinating freaking history. I had no clue. There are 300 plus different variations of what? this story. Really? Mm-hmm. I know some tidbits. Like, I know certain things, but... Some of them are really fucked up. Yeah, I, kn- I think I know some of those, but I'm excited. Some of them more. are really, really fucked up. So, pardon my French and also pardon my pronunciation, because there are some words here that <laughs> I-, I speak English and Spanish and I don't know half these. <laughs> so, first version, first recorded version Go. is a Greek version about Rhodopis. Sounds good. She's I, a Greek prostitute, though. Okay. So she's a hoe living in Egypt. She's taking a bath, probably outdoors, and an eagle takes off with one of her shoes. Those eagles. Because eagles are dicks. Yeah. Just like (laughs) absconds with one of her shoes and then drops it in the king's lap. The king becomes enamored of the shoe. He's administering justice. Eagle drops the shoe, hands it to him. He's like, holy shit, this shoe is amazing. The shape of the shoe is fantastic to him. So he's a shoe fetish. He has a weird shoe fetish. And he sends all his men out in the countryside until they find Rhodopis. She fits the shoe. Mm-hmm. She becomes his wife. So rando. Okay. <laughs> Super rando. They get they get weirder. So then there's the Asian version of the tale. Yizan. Yizan is a hardworking girl with a dead mom. Oh. Well, all Cinderella stories usually have a dead That's mom. That's true. So she's got a dead mom. She befriends a fish who is the reincarnation of her dead mother. <laughs> okay. It happens. <laughs> So stepmother and the ma and the sisters kill the fish. But Yizan, she saves the fish bones because they're magic. Okay. And then the bones help her dress appropriately for the New Year festival. And she has to run away because her family recognizes her because she's not supposed to be there. And right. she loses a shoe. The shoe. And throughout it, you just lose a shoe. Yeah. Which is so sad. Like, especially get an ankle you... strap. Come on. Where are your Mary Janes? Right. <laughs> the king finds the slipper. Mm-hmm. Then falls in love with her, rescuing her from her really shitty life. Now, there's some overtures in this particular story about how ancient Asian culture was really obsessed with tiny feet mm-hmm. and, they, you know, they would bind the feet and things like that. So, again, stuff with feet in Cinderella stories. <laughs> so then there's the French version. Okay. So we're not done yet. The French version is kind of where you start seeing Cinderella because okay. her name is Cendrillon. Pretty. Which is kind of like Cinderella. And is more, again, like what the classic Cinderella story is like. So a rich widower marries another lady who comes with her two stepdaughters. Mm -hmm. Guy dies. And stepdaughter is then forced into 
ridiculous servitude. When her chores are done, she curls up by the fireplace because that's where she's supposed to sleep because sadness and tears. Stepsisters are bitchy to her. They tell her you're not invited to this ball because the prince is having this ball to meet himself a bride. Right. She manages to go because her fairy godmother comes and does the whole pumpkin and mice and carriage thing and gets her in. Ball happens. She goes... Stepsisters are jealous. The prince is in love with her. She makes it back to her house. But then, this is where there's a twist. There's a second ball. Oh. There's not a second yeah, ball we're... in the classic Cinderella okay. story. She goes again. She and the prince hit it off again. She does not leave on time. And that's how her slipper gets left behind. She doesn't have an iPhone. She does not have an right. iPhone. Okay. This is way back in the day. Guards see, like, this tattered chick leaving mm-hmm. the palace. They're like, what ups? That's obviously not the girl the prince is into. Right. They've got her shoe, though, because her shoe manages to keep its enchantment. Then the prince goes and he does his whole, like, I'm trying the shoe on all yep. the ladies in the kingdom, blah, 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 blah. They find Cinderella. Shoe fits. She has the other shoe, too. And is like, ha, you know, screw you guys. Abvi, I was that person. They get married, and then she forgives stepmother and stepsisters for all that garbage. What a nice lady. Yep. And then there's a holy shit here moment that <laughs> this was this was actually my treadmill moment when I was reading you these fell notes. Off the and I, was, I was gonna fall off the treadmill and then I slowed it down. So there was some stuff about the glass slipper being translated incorrectly. Oh. And how they actually meant it to be a squirrel fur slipper. Oh, I've, Maybe. I've heard Perhaps. That. And instead of slipper, they actually met vagina. And what happened was the prince went (laughs) around. So the prince had sex with Cinderella that night and fell so in love with her that night that he then went around having sex with her. Fell in love with her vagina that night. And then was like, can Can I find. Can we play a memory game? Yeah, then he just goes and he puts his penis in all the vaginas (laughs) in the kingdom until he finds her vagina. This is speculation. I'm sorry. We need to remake every movie that's ever been made about Cinderella into this version. That would be the porn version. That's like Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Fur. Ah, so <laughs> gross. It was bad enough when it was when it was maybe a fur slipper because that just sounds awful and so uncomfortable and hot. But this is even worse. Yeah. Okay. So then ahead. there's the grim version. And right. that's the last one I'm going to tell you guys about. The grim version is all just like pain and yeah. sorrow. This if is the one I'm down with. If you're familiar with any grim story, it's basically that. Like, right. She's abused. She plants a twig on her mother's grave. It grows into this beautiful tree. Mm -hmm. She somehow gets some kind of magical being to give her access to this ball. She goes to the ball, but then the prince kind of chases her in a really grotesque way. He covers the stairs in pitch. So she can't actually get up the stairs, and that's how she loses her shoe. And he gets her shoe because it gets stuck in the pitch, even though she's actively trying to go away from him. You know, she probably got her freaking man pedicure the night of the ball it got ruined and it got ruined got ruined stepsister one cuts off her toes to try and get the shoe yep. to fit yep. stepsister two cuts off her heel to try and get the shoe to fit he finds her shoe fits wedding day she and not only does this girl invite these cray ass stepsisters to uh-huh. be part of her wedding like part of her life their bridesmaids in her wedding evil birds come and pluck out one of their eyes like they each lose an each, eye each, okay and then after the wedding they lose the other eye. Another person comes back and is like, oh, really? You have one eye? Wow. Bye, gone, now you're blind. So those are all of the ridiculous messed up stories that Cinderella comes from. It's a very messed up story, for sure. So many of them. And it's so so genteel Mm -hmm. when you think about it in the context of all the Cinderella stories that we're familiar with. Right. Like classic Disney. There's that one. I mean, then there's the live action Disney one with Lily James. Did you Um, see that? I didn't see that one. I did. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. I, I mean, I, I feel it. like what I heard was it stuck very much to 
are Disney princesses. It did. Like, the cartoon version. It did. Pretty much everything follows that same kind of pattern. Like, even the Roger and Hammerstein's one. Yeah. Where the first one was on Broadway with Julie Andrews. Then you had the one that was on TV with Leslie Ann Warren. Right. Then you have my favorite with Brandy. They all kind of follow this basic template of girls abused by her stepmother and her two stepsister. Girl has an amazing fairy godmother. Girl goes to ball, meets Prince Charming, he comes and he finds her. But that that's all of So why do you think stuff. we love Cinderella so much? Why are there so many versions of this? I think there's a small part of most women who want to be rescued. We mm-hmm. say that we don't want to be rescued, but there's a small part of you that's like, yes, I do. But I also kind of think that it's something about your childhood yeah. where it's so ingrained in you Mm -hmm. from watching it so often and having so many different versions of it that it just gets stuck with you. Yeah. I think it is the epitome of of how fairy tales, like how magic transforms your life. So if you just had your fairy godmother, if you just had a badass ball gown and got to go to the party, everything could change. So it's just... It really is just the epitome of magic. Yeah. But okay, I took up a shit ton of time with Cinderella. But I want you to tell me about Mulan because you have your Mulan bob. Thank you. I cut it with a sword myself. And I'm really excited to hear about this because she is so badass. So it's interesting we're doing them together because they are so different. Because Mulan is all about kind of saving herself and all of China. No no big deal. But I think it's a little more controversial in that it's not usually thought of as a love story. Especially in the Disney movie version. The romance is so second fiddle to the rest of the plot that I think you could argue, why are you even doing this, Marissa? What's wrong with you? And I would say, shut up and listen because Mulan's Wait, there's amazing. no ro- You're going to be real mad at me. Don't throw anything at me. I've never seen Mulan before. <gasps> there's no romance in Mulan. So there is, but it's just, uh, it's, it's less of a plot. What we're all used to with Mulan is she, her father gets called to go to war. She's like, nope, you're really old and you're already injured. I'm going to help you out. And she steals his armor, steals, like, his army papers, and goes and dresses up as a man to fight for him. That is badass. So she gets there, goes through training, fights in the war, helps save the day, and is, you know, rewarded at the end and, and goes back home like a war hero. But there are different, there are many different versions of, like, the original legend of Mulan. So it was first recorded in the Ballad of Mulan in the 6th century. But even before that, there are folk songs about it. So it's possible it's even older than that. So it's like 1500 years old, this legend. And since then, it's been talked about in many different versions. So there's there was a play in the Ming dynasty called the Female Milan. And then there was a romance readaptation in the 17th century. So it's a very popular legend in Chinese history. Sweet. And fun fact, Mulan means magnolia. It does? Yes. The, her family name in the legend is, is Hua, H-U-A, which means flower. So it's very fitting and poetic and beautiful in this poem that that's her name. But I'm going to talk about a little bit about the main differences between the original legend and the Disney movie. So the first major difference is that when the war comes and her father is asked to go to war, in the legend, her parents are all for it. They're like, go, take his place. She'd already been trained in like martial arts and sword fighting, so she was already a badass. And they are totally approve of her taking his place. She still has to pretend to be a man, but they're all on board. In the movie, she has to sneak out in the middle of the night and sneak off. Okay, wait. So we have a story that starts super feminist. Yes. She is trained. She's kick-ass. Yeah. And then in our modern version, we strip that back. A little bit. But I would argue that they're both kind of very feminist because what you see in the mo- in the Disney version is she she's kind of clumsy at first and not a good soldier. And there's the greatest movie montage ever of her training, which is set to I'll Make a Man Out of You. And it just shows her being so dedicated to her task. 
and learning to be a good soldier. And she meets Captain Lee Shang, who is stupid fucking hot. And he's, you know, a good captain. He's a new captain, so he has to prove himself. His dad is the general, so he, like, has to turn this group of ragtag soldiers into, like, a fierce army. So at first he's like, who is this chump who, like, keeps knocking everyone over and messing things up? And he gives them a task of trying to reach the top of this pole and she's the only one that can do it. Like she she stays all night to make herself do it. So I do think that yes, it gets scaled back, but you see just as much of a journey for her. And I think that's just as empowering for little girls to see that like if you set your mind to something, you can do it and you can do it alongside the boys and do it better. Nice. So, and a lot of that comes from the fact that the director of the movie and the two like lead animators, between them they had seven daughters. And at first she was supposed to like run off with a British white prince because of course, but they really wanted to make a character that would be someone their daughters could look up to. So they stripped back the romance subplot a lot. So she she does, you know, like Li Shang and eventually at the end he likes her too. But it's an action movie with, like, a little bit of romance versus a romance with some action. That is so freaking awesome. And I yeah. love that the director and the two lead animators were like, I want to make something that my daughters can watch and feel empowered by. That's yeah. cool. That's another difference. And then kind of the presence or absence of a love story is different. Um, obviously, the Disney movie has a little bit of it. The legend gets a little sad in some versions, she meets a guy and they fall in love and she becomes a general herself and they kind of dream about being together, but I don't think it's as clear if they actually get to be together. In a lot of versions, she, again, wins the admiration of everybody, goes back home, and her father has died, so she commits suicide. Oh, my <laughs> of, God. Either because she has a broken heart that her father died or because in one version, her mom basically ends up like marrying the leader of an enemy, and she's like, I'd rather die than serve my enemy. So It is so freaky to me that all the fairy tales <laughs> that we grew up with have all these fucked up yeah. beginnings. So I like I like the version where she just goes home to her family. <laughs> well, yeah, because, I mean, that's the happy one. Right. It's not, you know, Grimm's fairy tales where, oh, I went and did this awesome thing and then I came home and my dad died. So I shot myself. Or right. She kills sad. herself. Oh, God, that's awful. Um, and then the last difference I want to talk about, which I really like, too, is how she's kind of revealed as a woman. So in the Disney movie, they're in a battle. She's brilliant and like comes up with a genius idea to cause an avalanche to wipe out the other army. And she gets injured in the act, but she saves the day. And then the doctors are like, oh, what are these breast things you have where you're not supposed to have them? And they have to tell Li Shang. And he's like, all right, I was kind of getting attracted to you as a man. And now you're a woman. I'm very confused. And he feels obviously like betrayed that she lied to him. But she had just saved his life. And she should have been put to death for posing as a man. And he spares her life. He's like, my debt's paid. And in the movie, what I really liked is she she realizes they're still in trouble. And so she follows them to the Emperor's Palace to save the day again. And her buddies are like, what do you need? They immediately trust her and whatever she tells them to do, they're going to do. And even Li Shang at first is a little pissed off at her still. But well, then yeah, but mean, then he's, he's like, I trusted you as a man, so why can't I trust you as a woman? But in the legend, she doesn't reveal herself as a woman until the end. And when she does, she's already left the war. She goes home. She goes into her closet, puts on a dress, puts on some makeup, and comes back out to her soldier friends. And is like, hey, by the way, I was a lady this whole time. Oh my God. And they don't care. They admire her bravery. They still think of her as the same badass person she was. And they stay friends. There is that element of the men just accepting her. She's accepted for who she is. I feel like per usual, your your story has just so much emotional weight in <laughs> no. mine's chest. Oh my god, it's based off this movie that I loved, and here are some but, real crappy, awful <laughs> things that happened to this 
but prison I think that were written. Both just represent stories that mean so much to us as young girls. Like, That's true. I don't know. Maybe Mulan came out when I was a little bit younger. So... Did it was you just more... call me old. <laughs> no. Oh my god! Actually, just, actually, that's not true. When I was it's growing fine. up, I, when I was growing up, I was all about Beauty and the Beast and Cinderella and The Little Mermaid and Aladdin. And it wasn't until later that I really took a second look at Mulan and was realized how cool she was yeah. and how she's doing something for her father. Whereas Ariel's like, I'm wearing a clamshell bra and you won't let me be a, my own person. Yeah, it's weird. It's, it's weird just, too. You just realize as you get older that the battles that all these princesses face feel really different and we look at them differently. And there are some that I think we can definitely be more appreciative of what they've gone through. I totally, totally agree. You're absolutely right. After this quick break, we're going to dive into some themes across both Mulan and Cinderella. And then we'll have our interview with Katie and Laurelyn. So stay tuned. So what do you think Mulan says about just women in general? So I think she's a great role model as she is. And I think that's what's so important about having her story is and the way the directors chose to do it is like it is her story. If you took Li Shang out of it and just put a different general in it, who wasn't amazingly hot, (sighs) it would stand up on she stands up on her own. Mm -hmm. So I do think that raises the question of like, well, why does there even need to be a guy in it at all? And I don't I don't know the answer to that. I think I think that's Disney and men and like society thinking we still need to show women that like their happily ever after isn't complete without a man. But what I will say about Mulan is I really like that at the end of the first movie, there is no big fin- big finale kiss or mm. proposal. He shows up and she's like, want to stay for dinner? And obviously it alludes that they're going to be together, but you don't end the story on their love. Yeah. So See, that's I, I, I think the way they did the romances in Mulan doesn't diminish her as, as her own character. I feel like it's the complete opposite with Cinderella because yeah. aside from Ever After, you still have this story where... The story is not complete without Prince Charming. It does right. not end well right. without Prince Charming. Right. So if there is no Prince Charming, she is basically living her life as a scullery maid. And I think that says a lot about the culture that I guess I was raised in, mm-hmm. where you are looking for this like special someone to kind of live your life yeah. with and raise you up into a different stratosphere, whereas Mulan's like, screw it, girl, go get you what you need. And yeah. that's amazing. And if you find a partner who helps you, great. Yeah. But he doesn't have to save you. And maybe that's just the evolution of, you know, if we're going to focus on Disney, as we were just saying, the princesses, I feel like, are getting they're stronger getting and yeah. they're getting more independent. But Cinderella was one of the first. So to that's go true. all the way back to the beginning. It's kind know. of unfair to look at that movie yeah. through a modern But lens. it still endures. I still think you're going to see a lot of little girls who love her and look up to her and now with the live-action remakes and stuff. See, I was thinking about that. I was trying to figure out why the Cinderella myth is so... It's so sticky and people keep mm-hmm. coming back to it, and I could not land on a an actual concrete reason. There's no reason beyond the fact that it's a story that I grew up with and my mom grew up with right. and her mom grew up with. It's not something that should be so sticky, except it is. And I really do think it's entrenched in little girls. You, yeah. know, you get mad at your family and it's like, I wish I had this fairy godmother and there's, some, yeah. there's something super aspirational about it. Then you hit high school and you're awkward and you've got pimples and all this stuff and you're just like... Fairy Godmother, Prince Charming, where are you? Right. So 
only reasons why I could think of it being so sticky because there's really nothing else to recommend. I mean, I think that's the thing that the Cinderella, this might not be the actual lesson, but you're kind of told like if you just stick it out, if you deal, if you get through your troubles, you'll be rewarded in the end. So it's like if you stay a good person, eventually the equivalent of a fairy godmother is going to help you out and the equivalent of a prince charming is going to come to save the day. But I don't think that that's necessarily a good um, message for little girls, whereas Mulan's is if if you serve your family and you and you sacrifice and you dedicate yourself to something, you'll be rewarded. I mean, she doesn't take the reward in the end, but she does she does make it. Th- I don't know. But I feel like I feel like the thing with Cinderella, even though I guess at its basis it's a survival story, is that she doesn't actually pull herself out. Yeah. She's being pulled out yeah. by Prince Charming and by her fairy godmother. Her fairy godmother gives her this lift and enables her to go to this ball where she meets Prince Charming. And then he's the reason why she's able to get herself out of that lower class and out of that really right. shitty situation. There's not a lot that she does to bring herself out of that situation where I feel like Mulan, she does a lot to bring herself out yeah. of it. Yeah, she does it in service to her family and she does it for a higher good. But she actively learns how to be a samurai, and she learns how yeah, to battle. Not and she a samurai. To, it's not a samurai. Is she just She's a warrior? She's in China. A samurai is Japanese. Or Japan. Oh god, <laughs> a soldier. She becomes a soldier, and but she actively does things yeah. to bring herself out of her situation. And I think that's the difference between the two of them. She also has a kick-ass dragon sidekick <laughs> named Mushu, voiced by Eddie Murphy, <laughs> who you know nudges her along. Um, you know who doesn't have a dragon? Cinderella. Nope, she's got mice. So that's the problem, is get yourself some dragon friends and a cricket. She's got a lucky cricket. Mulan has a lucky cricket. Mulan does. Yes, Cinderella does not have but a cricket mice, either. mice will not help you, is the lesson of Cinderella. The lesson of Cinderella. <laughs> it's bad. I feel like it, it just, now like looking at it and reexamining it, classically told, Cinderella is just not a great feminist story. The women in the, the, women in the tale are just all really awful except for Cinderella and she's just held on this crazy high pedestal where she's constantly forgiving people who do evil and awful things to her and there's it's almost like a female Jesus thing where you know yeah it's a martyr thing it really is I think that's what it is it's just telling little girls be good be pretty be silent and you'll get your due eventually and Milan is totally opposite it's it's fight for what you want it's fight for the people you love and you'll get and then you a, get a war medal and a super hot captain and a dragon and a dragon. So we have to decide: do we ship them, skip them, ship one, skip one? I feel like we have to skip Cinderella as much as so I too. love that Rogerson Hammerstein's movie, and I will still watch it whenever it's, it's beautiful. on. Beautiful. I really feel like you have to skip it. I feel like you have to. I agree, and I think you have to ship Mulan I and do. Li Shang. And I will watch this now. But also more ship Mulan. <laughs> can you just ship Mulan? I feel like you can totally just ship Mulan. It's like, I think you ship Mulan and Li Shang because they're a team and they're partners and they respect each other. Cool. Yeah. But we are totally skipping Cinderella. Yeah, I think we have to. Unless someone comes out with a version about hairy vaginas. <laughs> no, don't say that. <laughs> don't include that. We have a special segment today. It's called We Have History. We're going to be discussing fairy tales and how they play into different romance tropes that you might read in novels. So we have two really fun romance authors joining us today, Laurelyn Page and Katie McGee. They're dialing in remotely from Kansas, so excuse any audio issues. Um, But why don't you guys tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and why you love romance? 
Well, that's that is a good question. Well, um, who we are? We're a hot mess. Who we are? I'm Laura Lynn Page, and I write contemporary edgy romance. My latest series, The Dirty Filthy Rich Men, is complete and out for readers on all vendors. My name is Katie McGee, and I write romantic comedy in various levels of ridiculous. And my latest book is called That Thing You Do, out from St. Martin's Press right now. Um, so yeah, we have two books now, two books and a novella with uh, St. Martin's Press that we've written together. Mm-hmm. Um, and Katie has a book on her own that she's written with St. Martin's Press. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a duet with St. Martin's Press that um, I've written alone. Um, and then we both have various projects that we've we've done by ourselves. So we've been talking about fairy tales. Specifically, we talked about Cinderella and Mulan. Um, so we just want to talk to you guys about, you know, what do you think the connection is between fairy tales and romances? Um, I mean, what did you guys think about what we said or our notes about Cinderella and Mulan in particular? Like, literally, Cinderella was just some messed up shit. There is some messed oh, up shit. Oh, total messed up shit. And I remember studying it in my, my women's studies in um, college, and we really focused on the, um, the Chinese section um, and, and about how it was really focused on the female binding. And I really hadn't realized that there was a version of it before that. Uh, that was interesting to me that the story had existed farther than that um, or deeper than that in our history. Um, I think that because misogyny has, has existed since the beginning of, of time... <laughs> There's, there's always been a desire for women to be um, noticed and by men and brought up to their level of, of, of sort of equality or be pulled out of the ranks of, of poverty to be, uh, be worthy. And women have always been considered worthy by their sexuality or some form of beauty. Well, and it's, or, yeah, it's like a reflection on society because for so long it was like, the woman had to had to do all the things to be yeah to be deemed worthy of the man, um, and for a long time romance was like that as well. But I think we're seeing a lot more female agency in romance, where the man has to meet her on her terms at the same time. Um, are there are there books that are being published right now that you guys feel just showcase women just owning their own agency and saying you know what, I'm into this guy, I'm into this dude, I'm owning myself like. Are there, are there yes. books that you would recommend for people to read? I think there's a ton of books that are doing that now. I think a lot of where romance is um, moving, that, that there's a whole, uh, the whole segment of romance that's moving towards a new version of, of feminist stories that still have these Cinderella ideas rooted in them. Um, I mean, I, I try to, mm-hmm. my whole tagline for my brand is um, hot alphas, strong women, because I think that, I think the story is about negotiating where we are with, because we don't want the hot alphas to go away. Right. Right. We want to negotiate. No, right. We want to negotiate our place next to them. Yeah. So we still, we still like Cinderella stories. We still want to be scooped up by the hot alpha. And then we want them to recognize that we're already somebody cool and awesome on our own. Right. Yeah. How do you guys feel like um, this ties into Mulan, like the the historical aspect of romance writing alongside that story? Well, again, I think it comes into the societal thing. Like so much of Mulan was really about um, 
honor and the family mm-hmm. and things like that. And even even when you put the romance into it, it was still a lot about honor. And that was really a reflection of things that their society held dear. It's almost combining what we just said. Like the, the modern day romance is a combination of Mulan and Yes, yeah, I wanted to bring it back to like, because there's also like some morality elements to this as well that, you know, it it's... Like, when is it okay to break rules? And in Mulan, like, it was okay that she broke rules because she brought honor to her to her family and to right. her country by fighting in this war. But, like, in Cinderella, if you break the rules, like, you're going to end up with a cheese grater on your toes or whatever. Right. Trying to- <laughs> there, was, yeah. there were so many fucked up different parables that happened within that story. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah like, so in how many, many of them did she end up having to kill herself afterwards, though? It's like... Right. But, and, but now I think we're starting to see more, like, unlikable heroines, and they make shitty decisions, and they still get to have the happy ending because, like, in real life, you don't always have to just suffer suffer nobly before someone will come along and rescue you. There's yeah. more there's more redemption I think for women now than Cinderella would offer us. Well, that's true. There is there really is no redemption in Cinderella, that's true. It's more well, like Well, she's just so the thing is she's like pure. she's pure and perfect and mm-hmm. the perfect vessel to like for him to mold, you know, he can bring her up from poverty and make her into a princess and teach her his ways and she there's nothing there's nothing to redeem. There's yeah. nothing to redeem. Whereas, yeah, like, that's that's like a virgin story. Yeah, actually. yeah. <laughs> but he wouldn't have scooped her up if she had, you know, murdered one of the stepsisters. Right. To <laughs> which who would not have murdered a stepsister? Let's be real. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, yeah. They were. That- On the other hand, though, I feel kind of like the same way I feel like about Ursula and the Little Mermaid, which is like. The stepsisters did what they wanted. They weren't just sitting around being like, "What am I allowed to do?" Right. They're like, "Fuck you! We're gonna we're gonna fit into this shoe. We're gonna yeah. lock you in a closet because we know you're prettier than us." <laughs> I mean, I kind of respect it. Yeah, like they are at least doing things. They come to a bad end. There is no redemption for them. <laughs> but yeah, now nowadays, I feel like that's that's who I want to read about in a romance. Yeah, and then we can now kind of from a different perspective be like, I wonder what made the stepsisters like that. You know, like. I'm interested in their story. Obviously, they don't get the happy ending, but like you could kind of twist the fairy tale and be like, "Well, wh- why not?" And yeah, because they went after the man. Right. They're sluts. Right. They're they're right. slutty. So do you, do you feel like it's maybe like a bit of a whore complex where they actively went after the man, but Cinderella did not actively go after the man, and that's why she yes. got him. So oh, it's yeah, more yes. of that Madonna I think it's story. Total slut shaming. Yeah. yeah. Especially in that version where you talked about the squirrel. The oh my god, the squirrel. Okay. That squirrel thing was just like, wow, that was a ridiculous allegory for sex. It's totally 1, ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> yeah, see, but, and, and the guy could do it. The guy could like go ahead and put the slipper on anybody he wanted to. Right. But see, that's the point. It's like, it's so weird that, you know, here are the stepsisters who are just very, they're, they're aggressive in their pursuit of a man that they felt they deserved, but... They don't get it, and they're shamed for it. But not even deserve, not even that they think they deserve him. They're also just in a situation where they're just trying to get a husband in a time where, like, that was security. Yeah, you know what right, I mean. Right, but so it's I just feel like audacity to try to better your own life. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yes, obviously, the the evil stepmother has, you know, she does want to punish Cinderella yeah. on top of that. But like, you have to wonder what how how the two sisters were raised. Like, it was clearly kind of there's some yeah. emotional abuse going on where they were. It reinforced that the only worth they had was as a wife. And so... And there's so much shame attached to it. Right. So they're going to do whatever they can. So this story was really a... a, 
an allegory to, to really teach children everything. Like, be humble, be quiet, right? Be be not be seen. accepting of your fate. And if you do a good enough job, it might get changed for you. But don't try to change it yourself. Work right. hard. Work even beyond what what seems like is fair. Be kind to animals. <laughs> exactly. True. One good thing. In the ashes. Yeah. Yeah. And be grateful for all of it. And you'll be rewarded someday for that. Right. And Mulan's is like very different. I mean, in the sense of the the original um the original myth or whatever is ends horribly for her. Like she does get her honor, she does save China, but then in a lot of the versions she has, she kills herself cuz she isn't with her true love. So we can't win in the fairy tales. It's it's tough. Well, how do you guys think that women or in the books that maybe that you guys write or the books that you read, how do you feel like women win in this fairy tale world? Like if you're writing within this fairy tale world, how do we even how do we even begin to win? Well, are any of these fairy tales that have been passed down? I mean, we we have the names of a lot of the people who we attribute these to and none of them are written by women. Right. This is fair. So now romance is really owned by women. And so we get to craft the stories the way that we we want to, even though we sometimes have to craft them within the structure of society. Um, We can kind of sneak things in 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 our own little ways to... Well, and just the idea of how subversive it is for us to be writing stories where even though a woman might meet the love of her life and get married to him, she gets to do it with multiple orgasms and the promotion and all of that. It's like a way of of her having it all, even though it looks on the outside probably to men like she is being a Cinderella, like she is right. just fitting in and doing the right thing. Yeah. Like if we have to, if this has to be our story, then I want to own it. If this has to be my story, then I get to write what it looks like and uh, I get to make it have good parts. So yeah. that it's it's not under it's my choice, and and I and I'm not I don't spend the day cleaning dishes in these stories, even though in the end I still am a housewife or I still you're still gonna go make the money or you're still the dom in a lot of these versions of these stories those are left out that's yeah. not part of the fantasy. God, we have to have you guys back on. Definitely, we have to have you guys back on. <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much. This was for so fun. Thank you guys time. so much. We just want to give another thanks to Lauralyn and Katie for joining us. And you should definitely check out their podcast, Tropes IRL, where they talk about romance in real life and where fiction meets reality. Be sure to rate, comment, subscribe, follow us on Twitter at OTP underscore pod, and download from wherever you get your podcasts. Um, we decided that you guys are all of our crewmates on the ship. So yeah, come talk to us on Twitter. Come be our crew. Okay. On that note, guys, it's been a pleasure. See that you was... next time. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Clink, clink. <laughs> <laughs>